Welcome to the teaching ministry of Rev. Daryl Baker, pastor of Christian Faith Fellowship. Pastor Baker is fulfilling the call of God on his life to preach the Word of God without compromise. Raising up disciples who through faith in God will have a powerful impact on our world. May you be blessed through the message that Pastor Baker has to share with you today. May God's very best be yours. If you're not there already, go to Romans 9 as you're turning. I'm going to just go back to your notes real quick. We're going to again talk about the definition of the term remnant and what it actually means. If you've already got Romans 9, look at your notes with me and let's pick back up. So we talked about Sunday night, the remnant church number one. There's three of these. This is number two and then this Sunday night will be number three. So let's define again from this term remnant what it actually means. Definition by the term remnant. We mean that there are people today, so I'll be one of them. Notice this, like in every generation, every generation since the earth began, who will serve God no matter what. Got to underline that. Because those who are part of of this remnant generation will serve God no matter what. We talked about this Sunday night. They will walk with God no matter what. So they will serve God no matter what. Because I want to say that God has always had a people in every generation who walked with him. They came out from among the rest and were known as his people and he is their God. The remnant is an obvious, obvious group of people. If you would have gone back to the time of the children of Israel coming out of Egypt, it would have been obvious that Joshua and Caleb were nothing like the rest of them. It would have been obvious that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had something different about them than all the other Hebrew children. That the, that the prophet Daniel, and on and on we could go, David. I mean, you know, it was clearly obvious when David walked up to that, uh, you know, that uh, Philistine called Goliath and called him out by name and all the rest of them hiding in holes. There was something different about David. There's always something different about the remnant. And that's what we want to be a part of. Romans chapter 9. I know we looked at these verses on Sunday night. We're going to look at them again briefly. Romans 9, 27. Isaiah also cries out concerning Israel. Notice, though the number of the children of Israel be as the sand of the sea, many, the remnant will be saved. The remnant will. Now this is coming over into the New Testament. So even though there be many, quote unquote, believers, who's going to be saved? Who's going to be delivered from this dark generation? Who is going to be ready for the rapture when he comes? Who will be delivered of the believers? Who will be of those who actually go in the rapture and are not left behind? The remnant, the wise virgins, not every believer, not every believer. People that don't like that, don't want to read the Bible, don't want to understand what Jesus taught about it very clearly, and as well as the New Testament uh, disciples. Again, even though the number of Israel, excuse me, number of the children of Israel, again, be what? As the sand of the sea, many. Who's going to be saved? Tell me out loud. So this is talking about those who will be delivered, who will make it, obviously, in context to the time of the, of the rapture of the church, of the uh, catching away. 28, he goes on to say, For he will finish the work, and he will cut it short in righteousness, as a just, righteous God. He is going to actually finish the work when the time comes very speedily, very quickly. Because the Lord will make a short work upon the earth. 
All right, on your notes, a remnant will be what? Saved. Romans 11. Bump over two chapters in the book of Romans. Well, how does that apply to us today? Romans 11 tells you. Romans 11, chapter 11, verse 5. Even so then, underline it, at this present time there is a remnant. So we now know that Romans 9 was not just talking about the children of Israel in the Old Testament. Because two chapters later down the road here, he goes on and talks about this remnant and says, at this present time. Say it, at this present time. What did he say? There is a remnant. According to the election of grace. Now, it doesn't mean everybody born again is a part of that remnant as we see biblically defined in Scripture what that remnant means. But it simply means even now under this new covenant. Because we know under the Old Testament there was a remnant, wasn't there? What happened to the remnant in the Old Testament? Can anybody tell me? They did. Exactly right, Caleb. They got to go to the promised land. But in the context of that promised land before Jesus came, where did they go? Where did they go? They went into paradise. The remnant of all of the children of Israel that were on the planet, the remnant that served him under the Old Testament were saved. They were spared. They were saved from damnation. And they went into what was known as paradise in the center of the earth. Which if you study that out, and I have, and I can prove it biblically from the actual writings of the Greek language, it refers to the actual Garden of Eden. Because in the Old Testament, the Bible says that once Adam and Eve sinned, they were kicked out of the garden. The garden was surrounded with flames of fire. Now, if it was still here on the earth, that would be a pretty obvious garden that would be found. But why is it surrounded with flames of fire? Because it went into hell. Went into the center of the earth. Why? You had to have a place for, for these remnant, this remnant to go. Because uh, until Jesus died and was raised from the dead, they couldn't go to heaven. When Jesus died on the cross to the thief that actually said, you know, would you uh, take me with you into your kingdom? Jesus said he would. He said, what did he say? This day, you'll be with me where? Paradise. Paradise. And if you look that up, the word paradise there in the Greek is Eden. Well, Jesus wasn't going up. He was going down. The Bible says he went into the earth and he preached to those who were still captive in paradise. And even those in hell, they all got the gospel preached to them. They couldn't get born again. They weren't the remnant. They, were already re they had already rejected God. But the remnant got to. I said the remnant got to. And when he was raised from the dead, the New Testament tells you as Jesus was raised from the dead, the Old Testament saints, who? The remnant. Were seen coming up out of the graves. Walking the streets of Jerusalem and ascending to heaven. Who was that, Pastor? The remnant. Old Testament's type and shadow of the new. And the remnant who is serving God, the wise virgins. Can't be a virgin without being born again. Not a foolish one. The wise virgins, the remnant, are going to see the same thing happen to them. Very similar. Because Jesus is going to return to appear in the clouds. And the Bible says, all who are alive and remain. Book of Thessalonians. Remain what? The remnant, faithful to Jesus. Those who are alive and remain, guess what they're going to be? Caught up. You know what's going to happen? Same thing that happened when Jesus had raised from the dead and Old Testament saints were seen going up into heaven. You know what's going to happen? Other people on this planet are going to watch me and you disappear. They're going to watch us go up to heaven. And the tribulation period will begin. But you and I have a work to, to do until that time comes. And we also have something to do to guard our life to make sure we remain this remnant. 
So again, New Testament, I'm just reading the Bible. Romans 11:5. even so then at this present time, say present time, there is what? A remnant. There's a remnant. So let's go to Isaiah 60. We're going to spend the rest of our time in Isaiah 60 in verses 1 through 5. Isaiah 60, 1 through 5. We've taught on this before, if you've been here. This is a prophetic verse, a prophetic, excuse me, set of verses referring to what clearly all scholars do believe is the last days based on the wording, what's clearly said here. This wasn't referring to Isaiah's day. This was referring to the day you and I live in. This is referring to the time frame where we are now. Because the glory of the Lord could not arise upon all the people until Jesus had been risen from the dead. The glory of the Lord could only be on certain people that God would anoint for certain offices. The prophet could have the glory of the Lord on his life. The king could have the glory of the Lord in his life, anointed by God to function in that office. But everybody couldn't because they couldn't have the Holy Spirit on them yet. As a born-again child of God, you and I can. So thank God we understand this is referencing you and I today. Isaiah 60 verse 1. We're going to read the five verses and then we're going to break them down understanding more about the remnant church tonight. Isaiah 60 verse 1. Arise, shine. Why? For your light has come. It's not going to. Already has. For your light has come. And the glory of the Lord is what? Risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth. See, darkness has never really totally covered the earth completely. In essence, to what we see of the earth's history, people might say in the days of Noah, but you know what? You still had a glory of God emanating from Noah and his family, and of course from the ark back in that day. So understand, darkness covering the earth isn't God's judgment. It's talking about evil overtaking the earth. When that flood came, that wasn't evil overtaking the earth. I said when that flood came, that was not evil overtaking the earth. That was God's judgment for that day. So this darkness is talking about evil overtaking the earth, not God's judgment. And notice it said it will do what? That darkness will cover the earth. For the longest time, one of the places on this planet that you still saw as a bright light in relationship to our actual lives as America, as a Christian nation, was America. But now, today, more than ever, we see darkness even, co- even covering America. Darkness has covered so much of our government, so much of this country. It's amazing how today that we have literally multiple generations now that have no concept or clue that we were birthed by God as a Christian nation. They'll even deny it. They'll even tell you that's no such truth. That's a bunch of you fanatic Christians saying that. That's, that's simply ignorance gone to seed. Because they're not willing to go back and read our actual founding documents And the very fact that what we have as a nation was done by God through a handful of men who went to the Bible and based what we have as a constitution off of the Word of God. And I'll tell you why America has never been defeated to this day. I'm going to tell you why. Thankful for all of our military. Thankful for all those who serve. Without them, we need them. Without them, we would certainly be far worse off than we are. But the only reason we've never been defeated as a nation is because of God. Because this is a nation birthed by God. It is the only nation decreed to be one nation under God. But today, now, we have both media. Obviously, can't believe them. But they're, they're tooting their little horn about it. And you have even a lot of a government uh, positions, people in government, who are totally, completely denying that we were a Christian nation. Darkness has covered all of the earth. You're there. 
I said, you're there. Notice this. In deep darkness, the people. When in the world in your lifetime did you ever think you would wake up and get out of bed and now be dealing with kids at the age of four and five years old, just beginning school, being told that they have the right to decide whether they're a male or a female? In America. In America. When in the world did you ever think any such ludicrous, crazy stuff would happen? But it's happening. When did you ever think in America we would allow drag queens to go into our schools, to have time with our kids, to try to convince them that they can become like them? And all of a sudden it's wrong to tell people to be a believer in God and to walk with Christ and to have a life that the Bible describes as a far better and a much more obviously blessed and healthy life. But no, we can't preach that. we got to preach darkness. Because you have a right to obviously live in the darkness. Well, you have a right to, but the public doesn't have a right to take over. Uh, obviously, translating that to our kids, we send them to public school. But it's happening. I said it's happening. So darkness is not only covered the earth, it's covered what? The people. And notice this, the Lord, and, and another thing about that, darkness covering the people, isn't it shocking? D does it not reveal to you how much darkness has overtaken the people of this nation when you've got people who truly are born again? Really are, they're born again. I wouldn't say they're Christ followers per se, but they're born again. Claim Christianity. Know that they're saved. Right? Been in church a long time. And I don't mean make, going to church makes them a Christian. I mean really knowing that they are born again. And yet they vote people in office who murder babies and have no problem doing so. And yet if you go to that believer and say, is it okay to murder a baby? You know what they'll tell you? Well, no. Well, then why are you voting people in office who are? Darkness. Darkness has covered the people. This is why you can't even talk to them common sense. It, it, it makes no even common sense to explain that. But yet they don't get it. Well, I'm a Democrat. Well, I'm a Republican. Well, I'm this. Well, I'm that. And that's the way I vote. Has absolutely nothing to do with how you vote. Who's upholding the best of their ability, God's word, and what God wants for our life? Because you know what? This is what's so powerful, what people still don't get about this nation. All right? Let me come back for a minute. Let me come back for a minute. You want to know why we have rights in this nation? You want to know why we have rights in this nation? Most people would say constitution. No, constitution just acknowledges. It didn't give them to you. Constitution does not give you your rights. And a lot of people don't, know, don't even know that in this country. Well, I have rights because of the constitution. No, you don't. Constitution acknowledges that God gave you your rights. Constitution doesn't give you rights. It just tells you where they came from. It just reveals where you got them. You and I have the right to life. The Constitution didn't give you that. God gave you that. I said, God gave you that. So we got to realize that darkness has overtaken even America and the people. So look at this. It goes on to say, notice, but listen, how about some good news? I said, how about some good news? Latter part of verse 2, but the Lord will arise over you. Well, who do you think he's going to rise over? Every believer? No, the remnant. Because if you're a believer who can't even understand voting people in office who are killing babies is wrong, I'll tell you what, you have not arisen and shined. The glory of the Lord is not shining on you, darling, because you have been covered up by darkness. But thank God the remnant, say the remnant. The remnant will see what? The Lord arise over them, and the glory will be seen upon them. Verse 3, the Gentiles shall come to your light, glory to God, kings to the brightness of your rising. 
Lift up your eyes all around and see they all gather together to come to you. Your sons shall come from afar. Your daughters shall be nursed at your side. Five. Then they shall, notice this, then you shall see, excuse me, and become what? Radiant. 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 And your heart shall swell with joy. joy. What's a sign? Come on. What's a sign of the remnant? They're full of joy. They're full of joy. The remnant's not depressed. The remnant's not down and out. The remnant's not all upset about everything that's going on in the earth. The remnant don't like it. The remnant has a righteous anger just like God does against all these things that are hurting people's lives. God don't like it. But I'll tell you what, you don't lose your joy over it. I said you don't, not if you're the remnant. He said, clearly he said, your heart will swell with what? Joy. Why? Because of the abundance of the sea that shall be turned to you. And the wealth of the Gentiles shall come to you. So come on, let's, let's walk through this tonight. Let's go through this. Because clearly there is no way in a time of darkness on the earth, darkness covering the people, but there's a group of people on the planet of which that darkness doesn't cover. There's a group of people on, that, on the planet during this time that are shining brighter than ever. I'm going to tell you who they are. Remnant. They're the remnant. They're not every believer. They're not every person born again. But thank God we can be that person. So on your notes, number three, notice this. The promise of the blessings. The promise of the blessings on the last day's people are outlined here. And I believe, Dr. Barclay says, this is applicable to the believers who live today. It clearly has to be for this time. Based on all that he reveals in these verses. For some of you, this will be some good eye-opening new information about the verses we just read. Number 3A, verse 1. First thing he tells us to do is what? Arise and shine. So, 3A1, this is not the time to sit around and pout. Get rid of your little pouty, snotty, selfish, it's got to be me attitude. God needs you to be the soldier he created you to be. Rise up in who you are as a child of God and walk in the position God gave you to let your light shine and overtake darkness. Instead of darkness overtaking you. Well, I just know, no, stop all that stuff. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm in agreement with Dr. Barclay. Wouldn't it be great if the body of Christ was like the military, the real military? That a church was set up like our military. That when you came in, sniveling, you know, like Pastor would say, because he was a Marine, you know, drill instructor his last few years in the Marines. You know, they come in little sniveling, whiny, cry, little babies, I want mama. And he said, you know what, within 18, is it like 18 weeks, I think, normal Marine, you guys know, for boot camp, what, eight, what is it around 18 weeks or something like that? It, it, it ain't long, but he said, it's amazing how we can take these little sniveling brats and we can make men out of them. We can make soldiers out of them. People that are a fighting machine within that short period of time. But you know why? Because we have the ability to do whatever we want with them. They don't get a choice. I said, they don't get a choice. You know the problem with a lot of Christians today? They still have a choice. I don't agree with your message, Pastor. Well, listen, it don't matter if it's, you're agreeing with my message or not. What if God said it? What if God actually said it? Well, I don't, I don't believe it that way. I don't see it that way. Okay, fine. You have a right to see it however you want. But you know what? If you don't really dig into the scriptures like the Bereans did and find out for sure the truth, you might be fighting against God. You might be going against God and then wonder why your life ain't blessed and wonder why God ain't helping you because you're opposed to God. How can two walk together? You know, many people disagree with God. They say they disagree with me. They say they disagree with another pastor or whatever. But if we're preaching the word of God and it's black and white and it's the absolute truth, you're not disagreeing with me. You're disagreeing with God. Not good. 
I said it's not good. But guess what? It's not a time to sit around and pout. Say no more pouty Christians. The remnant doesn't what? They're not sitting around pouting, folks. Guess what? It's the day to rise up and serve God and shine. Any more amens on that? Thank you, Donna. Notice this. A2, our light has come. Say it's come. What is that light? It's the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit. That light's in you now. You've already got it. So notice this. Our light has come. It may be a dark day for the sinner, but it's a bright and glorious day for God's people. Amen. little better amen than that. Amen. It's a bright and glorious day. See, for those who get all caught up in all the garbage going on, they don't realize who they are. They don't realize what they've got. They don't realize what's dwelling in them. Because if they did, they wouldn't get all down and, and, and pouty and all upset about all that stuff. Man, they would be rising up and shining like never before. You know, obviously, the darker it gets, guess what? One even little flashlight, one little lit, you know, match becomes that much brighter the darker it gets. Notice this, 3b, verse 2. In verse 2, it says, not only verse 1, arise and shine. Verse 2, the Lord will do what? What will he do? Notice the reference to gifts here. What does this mean? What does this mean, Pastor, New Testament, that the Lord is going to arise over you? B1. Pastor Curdy sees this. Dr. Barclay has the gifts of the Spirit. For the Lord arising over you is the gifts of the Spirit. If He's Lord over you, those gifts are going to flow in your life. And in 1 Corinthians 12, 7 through 11, we have those gifts, those gifts talked about and then listed there. Now, I'm going to tell you something. There's a prophecy that came about through Wigglesworth about this, which fits right in with these verses for the last day's believer. Years ago, before Smith Wigglesworth left the planet, Smith Wigglesworth was a close spiritual father to Dr. Summerall. Dr. Summerall was a close spiritual father to our pastor, Dr. Barclay. And he literally told Wigglesworth this prophecy. This is part of what he did right before Summerall left as war broke out in England, had to come, he had to come back to America. He actually, right before he left, had Wigglesworth pray this over him in tears and prophesy this over him and over the last days. He said, Summerall, he said, there's coming a time in the history of the church where we will actually see a healing revival take place. And it will be so easy for people to get healed. Does anybody know that that time already came and passed? You go back to the A.A. Allens. Come on, the Oral Roberts. We had a time of healing in this nation, a time of healing in this world that people were getting healed left and right. And literally, tents were popping up everywhere. Healing tents everywhere. I mean, you can go back and watch some video of this stuff. And I mean miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle. Healing wave took place. Guess what? God spoke it through Wigglesworth and prophesied. He said, I won't see it. I'll be gone, but you, Summerall, will. And Lester Summerall was still around when it happened. He said, you know what I see coming after that? He said, I see another move of God coming. And what I see after that coming from God is this move of God in which we're going to see, like never before, people who are going to get a hold of the Holy Ghost. They're going to get a hold of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They're going to get totally saturated with the presence of God. And guess what, ladies and gentlemen? It got birthed in Azusa Street after the healing revival, and it was known as the outpouring 
of the Holy Spirit. As a move of God that happened in this nation, it swept across the world, and it started in Azusa Street, and it followed the healing revival, just like Wigglesworth prophesied. He said, I see a third move coming. And he said, after that happens, he said, Summerall, I'll be gone. You'll be here for a part of this. But you know what's going to happen after that? Here's what's going to happen. I see people in churches. I see them with notebooks. I see them with Bibles. Because this didn't happen back in his day. This is common for us, but it didn't happen back in his day. And they're going to take notes. And they're going to study. And they're going to hear the word preached. And guess what? They're going to build their faith like never before. And it's what was been termed as the word of faith movement. Listen, word of faith has always been around. But people really truly never understood the significance of hearing the word preached and studying the word to build faith. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you're coming out of the end of that movement. You're coming out of the... Don't stop doing it. None of these should have ever ended, but Christians stopped stopped believing in them, stopped moving in them. But he said, but you know what? I see after that a final move of God. I see it. He said, I don't believe you may be here for this one, uh, uh, Summerall, but I see it. He said, you'll be here for those first three, but there's a fourth one coming. And you know what it is? He said, it's going to be a move of the gifts of the Holy Spirit like never seen before. It's going to be on every believer. It ain't just going to be ministers flowing in these gifts. People will go into hospitals and empty them out. Literally, we're going to see these gifts of the Spirit just manifesting left and right. As the Holy Spirit begins to be moving upon the people and the people begin to yield to Him. Verse 2, the Lord will arise over you. Gifts of the Spirit. I see the gifts of the Spirit upon the believer in the last days. It's coming, church. I said, it's coming, church. I said, it's coming. How many want to get in on it? Well, if you just claim you're a remnant, will it happen? No. No, you go study those verses because you know what you find out about the gifts of the Spirit? Why do, we not have them, why do we not have them operating like we should? Does anybody know? Anybody know why we don't have them operating like we should? Are we just supposed to wait on God? Now, it's as the Spirit wills. We can't manifest them. But what's the Bible tell us about the gifts of the Spirit to have them function in our life? It said you must earnestly desire them. You must covet them. Covet them. You must desire them more than anything else to have these gifts functioning in your life. If you don't, they won't. Thus saith 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the Bible. But thank God, those who are part of the remnant, they're going to see these gifts of the Spirit manifest on their life. Because the Lord will arise over them. Any amens tonight? Be to every believer. Say every believer. All flesh will do what? Flow. They'll flow with the Holy Spirit, not just a few preachers. Uh, 3B3. His power and presence will actually come upon us and do what? Anoint us for the day. To use us as the Spirit wills. To manifest those gifts. You won't have to think about them. You won't, I, listen, folks. When I was standing in an arena and I watched a young boy get crushed by a bull. And I saw him raised from the dead. I didn't think in my mind. I didn't think in my mind. I need this miracle gift and this gift of faith to rise up in me. It just rose up in me. I didn't do anything to make it happen. Now, let me help you. I, I, I say that. Let me back up a little bit. I was hungry for God. I was desiring God. I was chasing after God. I was growing and learning like I had never grown before. And I wanted more of God. I didn't want less. I wanted more of Him. And I'll tell you what, in the midst of that, at an arena one night, as I'm there to get on a bull, all of a sudden, I find myself running across the arena to this guy. Listen, these gifts manifest as the Spirit wills. You don't have to sit there and try to figure out how to get them to work. When God wants them to work, guess what? They're going to work. 
They're going to work. You're just going to start functioning in that, that direction. God's just going to start using you in that direction. And I'm running across there to go over there, drop down, lay my hands on them, start praying for them. You've heard the story. Long story short, I mean, they had an EMT try to wake him. No, no pulse, nothing. And I'll tell you what, after minutes, I don't know how long, minutes and minutes of praying, the power of God hit him. Guess what that was? Two things. Working of miracles, gift of faith. You don't raise the dead without those two gifts. Gift of faith, working of miracles. I can tell you it wasn't my faith. If it's your faith, you know what you're doing. You're exercising your... I did not. I was just praying. I was just following. I, I really honestly couldn't say that I knew I was following the leading of the Holy Spirit. I just had such a compelling to go do what I did. That was all. I wasn't thinking he was being raised from the dead. I didn't even know he had till on my way home. I, I thought, I was praising God. Lord, thank God you healed that boy. He said, I didn't just heal him. I said, excuse me? He said, that boy was dead. Dead. I raised him from the dead. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm telling you, when the gifts of the Spirit manifest, it ain't your faith. Are you listening? They'll just manifest. But you got to stay hungry for God. You got to be a part of the remnant. Come on, somebody. See, verse uh, 2b, notice what it also states in that verse. And his glory will be seen upon what? This is referring to fruit. The Lord upon us as his lordship working through us manifests supreme in authority through the gifts of the Spirit. But this is referring to the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit, C1, this is his fruit. Every remnant believer will have integrity and godly character. Why? Because they're chasing after God. I, I, I heard this little clip today. I forget this gal's name. Actually, a good friend of mine, Terry Holland. Love Terry. Great believer. His testimony. We heard it the other night. Man, it was powerful a couple, a couple months ago. But he posted this little clip. I, I love what this gal was saying. She said, you know, you know, you know the problem with this generation? Here's the problem with everybody in relationship to this generation. Here's the problem. It's all about me. It's all about me. She said, this is your problem. It's all about you. Selfie, your selfie's got to be perfect. You got to take a picture and look at it 15 times and get it just right before you post it. Because you don't want anybody to see anything other than what looks perfect. I say she's preaching really good. You want everybody to like your post. You don't want anybody to not like your post. You want everybody to agree with you. You want everybody to like you. You know why? Because you're focused on you. But let me tell you what your problem is. Your problem is you're focused on you instead of what the Bible says. The Bible says you should be focused on living a holy life. You got to be living a life separated to God. And if you'll do it, guess what? You won't worry about you. And God will take care of you. But we, the devil has done such a good job with social media to get people consumed with themselves. It's all about me. It's all about me. It's amazing. Don't, don't misunderstand me. Don't get, don't get upset. I'm just saying. It's amazing to me what people post about their personal lives day in and day out on social media. I, I look at some of that stuff. I say, some of it's cool. I mean, to see. I love seeing Emily's picture today. I was like, wow, man, can that girl draw? I mean, you know, drawing, painting, all that. There's nothing wrong with it. I'm talking about, oh, I ate this for lunch today, snap. Oh, I ate this for dinner. I need to know. I need to know what you ate for lunch. I need to know what you ate for dinner. I mean, seriously, to some degree, are we so consumed with everybody knowing what's going on in our life that we got to put all of that on social media? Be careful, church. Amen. I said, be careful, church, that it doesn't come about, become about me. Amen. Can I get a better amen? amen. I'm, not t- I'm just saying, you got to realize that the devil wants you to focus on you. Guess what happened that night? I didn't care about me. I wasn't thinking about me. I was concerned about that young boy. And God got his Holy Spirit on me and moved on me to run over there and touch that boy and heal him. And when you get truly consumed with God, his glory, your, his fruits will be seen on you. 
Why? Because again, number one, this is his fruit. Every remnant believer will have what? Integrity and godly character. Two, the fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5, and 23, it will be on all remnant believers. What's the first fruit of the Spirit? Think about that. What's the first fruit? What kind of love is it? It is agape. It is God's. Define it for me. There's three things that define God's love. God's love is unconditional. It's sacrificial. It's continual. It's not temporary. It's not just for today. It's not just for a week. It's not just for why you're treating me good. Can I ask you a question? If the believers, thank you, Tamara, if the believers are walking in this quote-unquote glory of the Lord, the fruit of the Spirit, and love is seen, are they going to not notice a difference about you? Why do you love me unconditionally when I keep treating you like garbage? Why do you keep loving me sacrificially? You know what sacrificially means? Go ahead and hurt me. It don't matter. I'm going to keep loving you anyway. Not going to change how I'm going to treat you. I don't care what you do to me. Don't misunderstand me because obviously I was, I, I was really actually more of the problem than I realized. But when Kathy and I were having problems in marriage in our second year, third year time frame, I actually kind of hit a wall in our marriage because I didn't know how to be a husband. And a lot of what she was doing was because of me. But I'm just telling you, what God showed me was, even when she or anybody else mistreats you, this is what the Lord helped me with. He said, anytime somebody mistreats you, picture me on the cross. Because you mistreated me. Your sin put me there. I didn't deserve that sin. I'm happy to take it. Do you hear that? I'm happy to take it. I didn't deserve your punishment. I'm happy to take it. But you know what that is, son? That's sacrificial love. Guess what's in you, son? Sacrificial love. You get so concerned and so caught up when people hurt you, say things to you harmful. Yeah, it's not nice. But what about what I went through? Now, if I went through that, you can't allow somebody to hurt you with a word, say something you don't like, and still love them. If I went through all that I went through, bearing all your sin, the entire world's, all your punishment, it don't compare to what somebody says to you. What he went through, he said, believe me, son, that love's in you. And if you'll make a choice to get that picture in your mind and say, you know what? I'm willing to sacrifice. If Jesus could go through that for me, far beyond what I'm going through, how could I not take those harsh words? How could I not take those wrong actions and say, you know what? I choose to love you anyway. Because you know what love is? You know how you walk in the fruit of the Spirit? It's a choice. It's a decision. You don't pray about it. You don't pray it up. It's a decision. It's a choice. Now, can I give you another little clue about how to walk in love? Walk with God. He's love. He rubs off on you. The closer you get to Him, the easier it becomes. Can I get a better amen? C3. Notice this. Again, His glory will be seen. His fruit upon us. His glory will be seen upon us. Not just heard. Not just heard from us. Come on, not just heard from us, but actually be seen on us by others. It'll be evident. Amen. We don't go around to, oh, I love you. Sure love you. Sure love you. You know how easy that is to tell people? Yeah. Nothing wrong. You ought to tell people you love them. Right. Why is it we say we love them and then turn right around the next, next sentence and say something, you know, uh, very damaging, very harming? Right. I thought you said you love me. Right. It'll be evident. I said it'll be evident. Right. You won't just have to say it. It'll be seen. I said it'll be seen. It'll be a proof. It'll be a pr- uh, uh, proven. It'll be a proof on you that the Lord is upon me. Come on. His glory, I mean, is upon me. Amen? 
Under number three, both sinner and saint will recognize his presence on us. Glory be to God. When you walk in the fruit of the Spirit, think about this. When you walk in the fruit of the Spirit, what are you walking clothed with? His presence. You're fully clothed with his presence when you walk in love, joy, peace, long-suffering, goodness, meekness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. When you walk in that, you're walking in the fullness of his presence. Because that's him. And that's you. You've been made in his image and his likeness. Tell your neighbor, you can do it. Under three, the second point, this is in our everyday life settings and not just in the church. Point D on the back of your notes, verse three, the Gentiles will come to your light. What does that mean? Evangelism. Woo, come on. He said it right there in verse three. The Gentiles will come to your light. D1 Gentiles, of course, means ungodly or sinners. D2, they will come to our light. They will be drawn to it. They'll be drawn to it. See, if you don't walk in the fruit, they ain't going to be drawn to you. You don't look any different than them. Come on, somebody. Help me preach tonight. See, if you walk in that fruit, guess what? You look different. They want to know what you got. Come on. I had people, literally some, not a whole lot, but I had some wanting to know why I wasn't afraid of COVID. I said, I'm glad you asked. Why don't you have a mask on? I don't need it. Oh, yeah, you do. No, I don't. I got something better. It's the blood of Jesus. Let me tell you about my Jesus. Let me tell you why I'm not afraid. Because I'm in a covenant with God. It don't make me special. It makes him very special. I'm his child. I walk close to him. I walk with him. He promised to protect me and to keep me from all plagues. I believe him. Hallelujah. They're going to want to know what you got. I said, they're going to want to know what you got. They'll come to our light, D2. They'll come to our light. They'll be drawn to it. This represents great evangelism in the last days. Say amen. amen. E4, uh, verse 4 tells us that they all gather together and they come to us. What's that referring to? A spiritual hunger. See, Gentiles to your lights evangelism because those are people that aren't born again. But then it says they all gather. That's including believers. They all gather. Why? They come to what? They come to us for spiritual hunger. I'm going to tell you right now, ladies and gentlemen, you better never give up on God and never give up on what God has for your life. And therefore, I will never give up on this church because, guess what? There's going to be a day when people are going to say, I want to find somewhere where God's at. I want to find somewhere where his presence is. I want to find somewhere where his actual word is taught. There's going to come a spiritual hunger. You know why you're here? Because you're hungry. There's going to come a spiritual hunger in this last day. And they're going to gather to those who have that glory shining on them. People are going to want to know where you're learning this stuff. People are going to know how you, how you, how you able to do this, Don. I don't get it. I got, I got all these cabinet shops. I can't get a single bit of business. And you can't, you can't keep it away from you. What's the deal? How do you do that? I learned how to walk in favor. I learned how to walk in truth. Hallelujah. Notice this. Again, it says clearly that there's going to be a gathering together to come to us, a spiritual hunger. E1, this, is very, this very well could even mean your relatives. E2, this is a direct revelation that people will come also again to be what? Saved. E3, they will come to us. Say they'll come to us. They will come to us. This is a word that's even been prophesied over this church, over me as a pastor. I don't want people in my church disagreeing with what God wants to do in our church. Why would you do that? Why would you disagree with God wanting to draw people to us? 
I hope you don't. Not saying you do, but I don't want anybody doing that. Why don't y'all get in agreement and say, yeah, they're drawn to us. Yes. Bible even prophesied it would happen. Yes. Hallelujah. E3, they come to us. Say they come to us. We won't always have to organize evangelism. Many hungry people will search the remnant believers out. E4, sinners will ask us of the hope that is within us. You better know how to answer them. It's really simple. Just share your story. E5, notice it is very easy to lead someone. How many know this? It's very easy to lead someone to the Lord when they're asking and inquiring instead of reaching out to them. When they're asking you, they're already hungry. It ain't hard to lead somebody to the Lord like that. Uh, F, verse 5 says, you shall what? I I put that on your notes on purpose. I want you to see this. Because that's what it says in the King James. If you look this up, it's actually very accurate. The New King James kind of misses it here. Verse 5, then you shall see and become radiant. The phrase become radiant actually is in the Hebrew language stated this way. You will flow together. So the King James got it right. You will flow together. This is powerful. So again, notice this very clearly in F verse 5. You shall flow together. What's that referring to? Unity. Where's there going to be unity? In the remnant. In the remnant. You know why there's going to be unity in the remnant? F1. There will be a great unity among real believers of the last days. Why? Because they'll bond together for the sake of saving souls and ushering back his coming. See, that's what their life will become about. That's what the remnants are are desiring to walk out in their life every single day. And because of that, unity will be the result. Uh, F2, the remnant believers will flow together in the spirit of the Lord, in the gifts, in the services, and to accomplish the vision. What God gave us to do as a church. Hallelujah. This is remnant church I'm talking about. Remnant people I'm talking about. Am I preaching to any of the remnant tonight? G, you go to verse 5b, it says your heart will swell with what? It will what? Swell with joy. Oh, come on. It'll swell with joy. A sign of the remnant. G1, joy and happiness are returning to the body of Christ. I'll I'll try it again. Joy and happiness are returning to the body of Christ. Many will laugh their way to strength once again. Because the joy of the Lord is your strength. I'll tell you, man, it seems like there's a lot of believers that did altar calls to get delivered from joy. Like they have no joy in their life. I'm going to tell you why. You're not walking close with God. Get around Him. He's not a depressed God. He's not a down and out God. He's not a, oh my goodness, what are we going to do, God? Are you listening? G2, notice, there will be real inner satisfaction. Underline that. There will be real inner satisfaction that we are in the hands of the Lord and that will cause us to be at peace and rejoice always. Always. You walk close to God, you can't hardly avoid joy. H, verse 5c, the third part there of that verse, it says the abundance of the sea shall be turned to you. H1, the sea here is the sea of humanity. Because in reference to the phrase sea, it always refers to a lot of people unless it specifically talks about a body of water. So it doesn't talk about a body of water there, so it's referring to people. It says a sea here is going to be turned to you. H2, again, we see the Lord telling us in this verse that many will be saved in the last days. H3, the abundance refers to mass salvations. 
I, last part, verse 5, latter part of verse 5D, it also says the wealth of the Gentiles will come to you. I want, this does mean financial blessing and strength, but not only so. What do you mean? Uh, I too, this also means souls. It does mean financial blessing, but it also means souls. Because the highest riches a man has is his family and his offspring. I3, once again, there is a reference here that they shall what? Come to us. Wealth of the Gentiles shall come to you. Ladies and gentlemen, that is another part of understanding who the remnant church is. How many am I looking at that are part of the remnant church? So if any of these things are messing with you, saying, man, I'm not doing that. I'm not walking that out. I'm not believing that. Let me help you. Make an adjustment. Make an adjustment. And I guarantee you, you will never ever, when the rapture occurs, and all through these last days, you'll never be sorry that you're part of the remnant church. You never will. Because they are going to walk in the beauty of what God has for us in the last days. What a blessing. What a privilege. And see many people get born again. And the power of God manifests. The gifts manifest. Start coveting those gifts. Now I say covet. Don't try to make them happen. Again, I, I didn't do anything to try to make that happen. I just mean you constantly say, Father, I'm available. That's what happened the service before that happened up at that arena. I told God, I'm available. You use me any way you want. I want to be used by God. I want to help people. I didn't want to do it just to see the, ma- the miracle manifestation. I wanted to help people who needed help. And when that's your heart and your motive, I will promise you, you're going to see those gifts manifest. Stand to your feet. Praise God. We pray that you are blessed by the message Pastor Baker shared with you today. For more spiritual resources that can help you in your walk with God, or to invite Pastor Baker as a guest speaker, just go to our website at cffchurch.com. You will find additional teachings by video, audio, and printed resources that will be a blessing to you. May God's very best be yours.